stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right, They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars, back in studio for the first time in a little while. My back? name is Rob Blount. Alongside of me is... Nick Graziano. Nick, how you doing? I'm good. I'm the one that's been here. You are the one that's back. Glad to have you back. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's good to be back. I bet you. It feels nice to be back in the studio. Nice. It and does. It feels... Feels nice to be back in the room with the padded walls. Uh, after two weeks away, I was really starting to feel like I needed a room with padded walls. So I'm, I'm glad to be back in. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You wish. Your wish is my command. There you the, go. The only thing I wished for uh, that didn't happen was having some World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series racing this past weekend. But unfortunately, unfortunately uh, we got rained out at Lawton in Oklahoma and rained out at Devil's Bowl. In Unfortunately, Texas. but postponed, so we'll be going back, which is good. Both really fun tracks. Yes, absolutely. It was going to be a shame if we just outright lost them. Yeah. Now, yeah, last year Lawton put on a good show. Obviously, Darren Pittman winning, and Devil's Bowl is always fun. Nice big, fun half mile track there. So it's kind of unique, like the way you enter the turns mm-hmm. there. It kind of dips down, goes up. So it's a lot of fun. Two fun tracks. Can't wait to go back. Hopefully later this year. Always get to celebrate the Outlaws' birthday when we exactly. go to Devil's yeah. Bowl. So. Yeah, at least we'll, we'll be able to go and, and hopefully make up those races at some point in uh, the maybe not too distant future. Realistically, even the end of the season is the not too distant future. I feel like the distant future would be like three years from now. That's a little bit distance. Yeah, right? a bit distant. Yeah, a little yeah. bit out there. But uh, so, yeah, so maybe not so distant. Distant? I don't know. I mean, it could be the last race of the year and it could be, to me, the not so distant future because it's not that far out. Like, I don't know. It's. My mind is just. The I gears feel like are... I'm defining this wrong. Yes, <laughs> I know I am, but we're just gonna go with it because I said not too distant future, and I didn't want to get anyone's hopes up that it's gonna be like three weeks from now. Because that's yeah, not probably be, be a little case. bit later. There's uh, if you look at the schedule, there's some openings later on in the year. I would say most likely in those areas, probably. Yeah, so the not too distant future. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> I'm just tripling down on it. Okay, um, but you know, there was still sprint car racing, which was good. Uh, we had some of our guys go up to uh, Knoxville Raceway in Knoxville, Iowa, uh, to take part in their season opener for their weekly racing, which, again, for the third year in a row now, if you're a Dirt Vision subscriber, you get to watch all the weekly racing action from Knoxville Raceway, which is just awesome. It's a fantastic race. We're going to talk more about that later on uh, in the show. Um, but that was that was a really fun race, but... Like I said, really we're cool. gonna we're gonna keep that for a little bit later on. Yeah, we've got some good stuff to talk about, and especially just with our guest today, Mr. Matt Yoakum. Yeah, uh, what what a cool guest that we're gonna have today. I mean, he's if you've been watching really any any sort of mainstream racing for man almost as long as I can remember, and I'm I'm going on 29 years old next month, and I've been seeing and hearing Matt Yoakum on my TV. Like I said, literally as long as I can remember, uh, he's he's been there. He's been one of the voices that you've been hearing on pit road, uh, at NASCAR races. He's 
He's done dirt dirt before. He's done sprint car stuff. He's done late model stuff. He was with us not too long ago for the the Bristol the Bristol Bash with the World of Outlaws late model series and the UMP modifieds. Uh, that was a lot of fun. He's he a big fantastic. he's a big dirt fan. People might not people probably know him mostly from NASCAR, but mm-hmm. that's a big dirt fan. Yeah, it was he was great, and he's going to be back with Dirt Vision uh, this week at Bristol for the Bristol Throwdown, the 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 return that's been twenty years in the making for the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars and the Super Dirt Car Series. Big Block Modifieds joins them this weekend as well, and he's going to be roaming around pit road, doing what he does best. And on Thursday, uh, the free as we mentioned on last show, the free practice broadcast. He and Ashley Stremme will be hosting that show from live in the media center in Turn Four. Yeah, it'll be really fun. They did uh, a good job with it during the late model one. It was really cool, so it'll be cool to uh, see that again this coming Thursday. Yeah, Matt has a lot of history at Bristol Motor Speedway, too, uh, in the surrounding area. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to catch up with him and and just learn about his history and how he got to where he is and, and his love for sprint car racing. And like you said, a lot of people don't know how much he really loves dirt, dirt, dirt racing. My goodness, that was I know really. That was a mouthful. Wow, you guys hear that? That is what, what is that? I don't I think what? it's time for some spring cleaning next. Oh man. Oh yeah, you know what? That's what that is, isn't that? That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It I is, think you know how we can do that too. It is time for some spring cleaning, <laughs> and I would recommend doing your spring cleaning with manscaped. Flowers are blooming, as you just heard. Grass is a growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. And yes, of course, I am indeed talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped is the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have an exclusive offer for our audience if you use code OPENRED20. Nick, what was that code? Open red twenty. Open red twenty. You get twenty percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other two million men who trust Manscaped because they are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. Because after all, it is time to chop those weeds, and it is time for some spring cleaning. There, Nick. It is. That man, it is. That is <laughs> impressive. Have you heard of their weed whacker? I think you might be able to use it, Nick, based <laughs> off of that sound. I might need it. <laughs> <laughs> the Weed Whacker takes care of that pesky nose and ear hair, and it provides, provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. No more gross nose hairs flying in the wind. Although with you and I and our beards and mustaches that are, you know, that are one, it's hard to tell what sometimes is a mustache hair and a nose hair. I mean, it's good for the people looking at you. They can't tell, but for you, it's like, hmm. What um, is that tickling around my nostril area? <laughs> now you won't have to worry about it if you use the Weed Whacker, which uses a 9,000 RPM motor, powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. We love high RPMs. 9,000 RPMs. 9,000 RPMs. You is that thing going to take my nose off? I don't know. It's going to scream into turn three at Charlotte Murder Speedway. <gasps> It's going to sound like a Formula One car. It's going to be fantastic as you are just tickling the edge of your nostrils while you're getting rid of that no, pesky nose hair. Uh, just stick a 410 up there and get rid of all of it. <laughs> That'll be the Weed Whacker 4.0. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's another very nice day today, Nick. It in, is very in, nice. In, in the Concord, Charlotte, North Carolina area. But as it keeps warming up, things are just going to get smellier, sweatier. And things are just going to start getting stuck. 
And you can take care of that using the Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because, like I said, it's starting to get hot outside. And this is crucial so your balls will stop sticking to your leg because we know going to all these hot dirt tracks throughout the summertime, that's the legit worst. You'll also find the Crop Reviver spray-on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there when you are at those dirt tracks, just like spring flowers. Smell good and feel good this spring. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code OPENRED20 at manscaped.com. What was that, Nick? OPENRED20. OPENRED20 at manscaped.com. Once again, that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code OPENRED20 at manscaped.com. Because as I said before, it's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. They will thank you. They will indeed. And now... You'll hear. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Man, <laughs> I was not expecting that. No. I mean, it says the... right there that's what they're going to say. So, I mean, you say it all the time. You should have should saw that coming. Let's get to the interview. <laughs> Mr. <right>. Matt Yoakum <laughs> coming up on Open Red. And with us right now is Matt Yoakum. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Really glad to, glad to have you on. Thanks, man. I love the the show. I listen to the different episodes, and it's an honor to join you here and, and talk some great grassroots racing, big league auto racing, personalities, and everything in between. Yeah, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, Rob had a doctor's appointment. He won't be able to be here, but we got some of his questions. We'll make sure to get those in. Um, so obviously, you joined the Dirt Vision team at uh, the Bristol Bash, um, where we had the late models and the modifieds. Um, how was just that experience in general for you? I think anytime you can go to a dirt track under the lights, there's always energy. And I think you compound that with the production elements, with the professionalism, the great storytelling, the excitement uh, that you get from the Dirt Vision team. I, I mean, that just sends it over the top. I mean, you go, all right, well, a scale of one to 10, how would you rate, you know, the Bristol Bash? I'm like, what's past 10? You know? Right. <laughs> uh, what was your dirt racing experience going into that event? So for me, it started out. I know as a, everybody knows you most from NASCAR and pit reporting. Yep. So, I, but for me, it really started out as a kid. So mm-hmm. I, I was born in Michigan. Um, you know, you hear so many times about, oh, my dad was in racing, and I followed his footsteps. For right. me, uh, it was unique because my mom was in racing, and I followed her footsteps, so to speak. She started in 1968 at the Michigan International Speedway. Uh, I grew up. 1.4 miles from the racetrack. I could sit on the back deck as a little kid uh, in my tricycle and I could hear the cars uh, coming from over the lake. And so I grew up in that type of an environment where if we weren't at the big track, we could be found at Butler, Kalamazoo, uh, Toledo, you know, Oakshade, uh, in so many places in between. So for me, it, and I was thinking about it in the car ride over here, that, you know, when did I see my first Outlaws race? Mm-hmm. And I kept going back to, okay, and I know Sammy was driving the FedEx car, the 91, and I believe it was 1980. And I think it was either at Oakshade, uh, because I remember uh, the Ohio Traveler was in the race and uh, that cool, you know, yellowish-orange mm-hmm. uh, number zero, but I love Sammy's FedEx car. And... Uh, and I took it as one of my go-kart numbers at one point because uh, it was cool, you know, at the time. So I, I, I ripped him off as, of his 91. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it's either there or Bristol. But, uh, you know, and that's how far back it goes. Love pavement stuff, dirt stuff. Uh, uh, big fan of, uh, you know, winged pavement stuff. Mm-hmm. 
you know, way back in the the seventies and in uh, early eighties. So I, I pretty much like a, a cross range of stuff. And then my day job was uh, NASCAR stuff for you know two and a half decades. Right. We'll, we'll get to that. I saw was it you um, worked like as a tire specialist for IROC? Is I that did. right? I did. How did you get involved with that and the maintenance and everything with that series? Well, it was funny because again I go back to to my mom's career and her relationship, uh, you know, with Mr. Penske Mm -hmm. and and Jay and Barb Signori. And she was talking to uh, Jay one day, just about, you know, normal everyday friend stuff. And Jay goes, what's Matt doing this summer? And she's like, well, you know, not really sure. You know, nothing really pinned down. He goes, why don't you have him fly out to Michigan? We're going to be there for a couple weeks have him jump on uh, the tour with us. You know, we're going to go down to Talladega. You know, we're going to be back at the shop. And so that's what I did for my my first summer. I I think I just turned 16. Oh, really? And uh, started out, uh, you know, doing tires. And at that time, uh, as everybody knows nowadays with the radio tires, the tire specialists, you know, yes, they measure, yes, they do whatever. But pretty much, you know, you might move a tire around making sets. But back then with the, the bias ply, mm-hmm. you basically, and I had the stagger master, so I didn't have to do, <laughs> use a tape measure. And so I would sit there and I'd, I'd measure them all and I'd call it out to Ray Everham and he'd write it down. And Ray would make up all the sets and go, all right, here you go. And I came across one of my old tire sheets uh, about six months ago. And it was funny because I'm looking at it, I'm like, all right, it says set 123. So I had gone through 123 sets at least uh, that race weekend. So if one set, some guy didn't like a set, that they come to you complaining? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> nice. Um, so I guess, do you feel like that helped you when you eventually got into pitboarding, just kind of know some of the techniques and just maintenance of cars and things like that? Yeah, I was there for, I think, seven summers between high school and college. And my last speed week was I graduated in December of uh, 1991 mm-hmm. from Florida State, went to Daytona for the 92 Speed Weeks, and I worked that, and then that was my last uh, race with them. And I, I think it gave you an appreciation for so many different things. It gave you an appreciation for the stars and their talent that get behind the wheel, but even more appreciation for the folks that make it happen, mm-hmm. the men behind the wrenches, and to me, you know, and that's why I always gravitated towards stories of the crew guys uh, when I was reporting on pit road. I'd come across so many great, you know, examples of uh, incredible backgrounds, uh, patriotic backgrounds, whether it be military or whatever, and so I always tried to showcase those guys as much as I could, and that's why. You know, I was one of the few guys that really ever mentioned any crew guys' names that went over the wall. Right. Uh, Just because, to me, those are the real heroes, the athletes, uh, because of what they can do. And without them, the guy whose name is on the the door wouldn't be able to do what he does. Right. So I I think it just gave me an appreciation in a lot of different areas. Gave me a little bit of an education. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and near the end, I was in charge of one of the practice cars. And so, you know, I'd do the general maintenance on that, and that was my baby, and I would, you know, help the guy get in and out because then the IROC drivers couldn't practice the car that they drew. Right. They had three practice cars, and that's what you used up. And I I don't think anybody used up a practice car more than probably dude Danny (laughs) Lasasa. 
I mean, when they unloaded and if there was an opportunity to practice, he was there for a whole week running laps. And it paid off because he ended up going to Victory Lane and scored an IROC win. Right. Was there, after doing that, was there any thought in your mind, I'd like to continue maybe being a crew member? Or how did you eventually decide to go the uh, pit reporter route? Love racing, love everything about it. But I also loved history. Mm-hmm. I love stories. I love stories about people. And that's what I gravitated toward when I was in college. And so I knew that was that was the thing for me. And being able to tell a story of somebody, and especially in our business uh, on television, you know, you got to keep it concise unless you got an opportunity to do a little bit more of a long form interview or, or what have you. But, you know, you've got 30 to 45 seconds right. to combine all the elements of a cool story about somebody and uh, or you know something that took place and I just love being able to and there's so many times when I've had a story that's evergreen enough that it took me five six seven years before I actually pulled it out of my mental library Mm -hmm. and went ahead and did it I remember at the the Coca-Cola 600 one year when nobody really knew it was going to happen all of a sudden the entire nation had a moment of silence uh, in remembrance uh, of all those that had given everything for our country. And our pit producer says, does anybody have any kind of military human interest story? And everybody's like, oh man, you know, they're going, they're they're looking at press releases to see if there was some crew guy. And I'm like, I've got one. And I told the story of a crew member whose entire military uh, family, they were involved in the military. Uh, all the different branches, and his grandmother had lost uh, what would have been one of his uncles in Vietnam. And I went through everybody and and really did a nice job weaving the narrative through the different generations. Mm -hmm. And he texted me later. He's like, man, my grandma was watching, and she so appreciated that. And that's what, to me, if you're a driver, you set a new track record, to me that's the same satisfaction Uh, I get when I can make a connection with a story that I'm doing for the viewer at home. Yeah, for sure. What, obviously we know kind of where your love for racing came in. Where did the, how did the love for storytelling come in? Like, I know for me, I always love movies and books and things like that. It's kind of what grew that. Was that kind of the same for you? Was it just finding different stories, different ways, just wanting to tell your own stories too? I I think it's a lot of different ways, really. You love movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got a big library at home, um, and it's not all racing. You know, there's some politics. There's, you know, an entertainment section, a music section. Uh, I'm a big fan, being from Michigan, uh, of the iron ore freighters on the Great Lakes. And so I've got a a little section of freighter stuff. Um, So it's across, uh, you know, represent. I don't know how you put it, you know, across. uh, The Dewey Decimal System (laughs) in my library would would be chock full, but... You know, you see so many different stories that people tell, whether, you know, you're Jimmy Page Mm -hmm. and you're talking about how Led Zeppelin was formed or the studio sessions or Mike Love from the Beach Boys and how he came up with California Girls driving to the studio to cut the song, which was not written. (laughs) And he's driving in the car and he's telling his wife, all right, write this down. And he went through every line of the the song. I love those kind of stories. And that's why I love storytelling in general. And for me, uh, passion of auto racing 
and everybody has a, a cool story when you look at it. I mean, we were talking uh, in, in Bristol with the, the Bristol Bash. You know, you, you look at uh, Strickler. Started racing, not in a go-kart, not in a modified. Uh, at Penn National, he was doing big wheel races. <laughs> and I had a cool picture of him. We weren't able to work it in, but we will sometime. But those are the neat things that I think make a connection uh, with a fan at home that goes, you know what, I like that guy. Yeah. Maybe I want to pull for that guy. Yeah, just those different backstories that they don't know about, just that kind of connection. Like, oh, you can kind of make yourself see yourself in that position kind of thing. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I love about racing. It's more than just the race car. It's more than just the wing on top or, you know, whether it's open wheel or fendered or whatever. You know, you can barely see the driver many times in the car, but there's so many people that are a part of that that create a story – uh, in itself, mm -hmm. and, and those are fun to dig and find out. When I find something that nobody knows about, that's a great story. I mean, it's like hold me back, you know. Right, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, how did that transition into pit reporting? Was that always the route you wanted to take, or were you more interested in writing, or always just kind of being more broadcast? I was always directed more on the broadcast mm -hmm. route for a couple of different reasons. Um, I was never a great writer. In school, college, uh, I used the same term paper three years <laughs> in high school uh, about Henry Ford. And when I got to my senior year, the teacher says, hey, I talked to your teacher last year. Who <laughs> talked to your teacher the year before. You can do anything you want for any paper. It cannot be anything remotely close to automotive <laughs> or racing. And so I always loved being able to talk. And I'm a social person. So to tell stories that way. And then when I was in Ormond Beach, Florida, because we moved uh, uh, halfway through my youth, one of my neighbors uh, was Dr. Jerry Punch. Oh, wow. And so I had the combo of love racing. Mm -hmm. My mom works in the sport on the corporate side. My neighbor's Jerry Punch, and we would go jogging together. And he was really one of my early mentors of looking at a resume tape that I'd put together while I was at school. And... You know, and I feel like I owe him money, the pain and suffering <laughs> that he went through watching stuff. But he'd give me some great advice. And I'll tell you another great advice he gave me. So when I first started doing television in 1997, uh, I did a couple races in 96. And in 97, I said, Jerry, I said, what do you use for a system? Because I've got all my notes and it's it's very organized you know, everything has to, you know, match up and with lines and everything else and, and how I do my stats, but it's just, it's missing something. And he says, well, my stuff is Dr. Scratch and it's all over because he is a medical doctor. So he writes like it and only he can see exactly what his writing means, but he goes, I use a poster board. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. And he goes, the reason why, if it rains, it holds up the best. Yeah. And if you have to write something down quickly, it's harder so you can write notes quickly if you're on the fly. I'm like, mm, okay. So I, I took that and I ran with it, and that's what I've used. I used it in Bristol when we were there for the bash. I'll use it again uh, for the outlaw race. Um, and that's I have them specially made from a, a buddy of mine who owns a print shop in, in Maryland, and he'll send me a batch of 300, and when I get ready to use all those up, I'll call back and send me another batch. But they're they're like 11 by 14, 11 by 17, but, you know, that's my system. Everybody has a system, right? and uh, and that's mine. Kind of speaking of that, I know you reached out, uh, like, trying to get some driver's numbers, kind of like the top 
10 or top 15 guy, kind of the top guys for each series, just to uh, maybe call them and get to know them. How did you decide you wanted to make that part of your system as well, too, just try and reach out to all these guys and get to know them better and things like that and feel comfortable doing that, too? Well, if I go back through my career, I've done it you know, here and there from time to time, but primarily with the access on the NASCAR side week to week, um, you know, and you're friends with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And so if you need to reach out to somebody, uh, it, it's very easy. And then when the pandemic hit, that's pretty much how I did most of my prep, that I would call people Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, sometimes, you know, Kyle Bush in Pocono, he was calling me from his rental car on the way to the racetrack. Uh, you know, Denny Hamlin, the same. And so I would get different things um, from them as far as information that I was looking for for that event. Um, and I did that through the pandemic coverage. And so when I go to a special event to me, which is, you know, being a part of the, the Dirt Vision team, and it's around a series that I'm not around a lot, I always put in so much more work than I'll ever use anything. Because uh, you always end up using 5% oh, yeah. of everything that you do. But having a chance to talk to different people um, for 10, 15 minutes, and you can get them at a point where they can, you know, they don't have any distractions. Right. And you can dive in and get some great knowledge for, for that event about that person. And so, you know, doing the, the outlaw shows, uh, the bash, and then, then coming up this weekend, it's a great way to catch people and to get a head start on your information. So that way, when you get to the track, you're just filling in the gaps, mm-hmm. you know, plugging holes of, of different little things here or there. Was there anyone you talked to that maybe you learned something, uh, you were surprised to maybe find out about them or hear from them? Well, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, Kyle Strickler talking mm-hmm. about the big wheel racing yeah. and how, you know, his family was involved in racing and uh, who his heroes were. And, and, you know, you're talking to different people like that it's neat to see their story, their passion, and what continues to fuel it. Um, and in, in many ways, it all goes back to family because that's one cool aspect uh, of racing. I don't care what discipline, uh, what area it is. And it's always, if you're an IMSA, look at the Jordan family or mm-hmm. the, uh, the Taylor family with Jordan and his brother following Wayne's uh, footsteps. And, and you can go on and on just about, uh, and it's always family involved in racing right and it's the allisons uh you know you look at uh, the outlaws the kinzers the swindells uh, on and on so it's neat uh to be a part of this family and i'm really excited uh, uh to uh be my first outlaw uh big block modified show yeah since uh, world finals uh, about eight years ago oh really now. yeah yeah it'll be really cool to see them there as well uh, w- do you remember your first time going to bristol just what you thought when you walked into that place? It's changed so much. The first time I was there, it was pavement. And then, and Bristol, in a way, plays a little bit of a step in my career mm-hmm. because we don't have enough time to, to go through the, the, the lefts and rights of it. But uh, the Cliff Notes version, I took a weekend off because I was a sports producer slash reporter in Orlando, Florida. Took the weekend off to go to Bristol. Um, hadn't been there in a long time, hung out with my mom for the weekend. And so a friend of mine from Daytona, whom I met working at the credential office, uh, he was, you know, sign here, (laughs) print and sign. And he ended up being Dale Earnhardt's PR guy. Oh, wow. And he went to a different high school than I did, but we were both, you know, Daytona kids. And I said, hey, JR, I'm going to come up. Can I get a live to tape with the Big E? 
and send it back to my station in Orlando. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 no problem, no problem. And so I talked to the NBC guys in Bristol, WCYB, and I go, hey, look, you know, any chance? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem whatsoever. So I interviewed the Big E on Saturday after practice, did a lot to tape, fed it back on their satellite truck. Six months later, I'm in an edit bag during Speed Weeks in Daytona, 1994. And PA says, hey, uh, Matt, you've got a call. So picked up line five. And it was the boys from Bristol. And they're like, hey, we've got a, a spot open. Do you think you'd be interested? And my first question was, how many races do you go to? And they said, well, we're the only one with a satellite truck in this area. And we go to 11. <laughs> I said, okay. So I went up for the interview and I worked there. For exactly one year to the day, I was moving out on the anniversary that I moved in because that led to an opportunity to go to TNN, the Nashville Network. Ah, very cool. Nice little connection there for you. Kind of come back all full circle again, too. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. Um, So were you able to go to Bristol when they first put dirt down? Did you happen to see that at all? So I kept thinking back, did I go up for either one of those? And I don't remember. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was from watching the races on TV or if I was actually there for one of them. Um, But, uh, you know, you look back and you watch those highlights and you're like, wow. Yeah. You know, so incredible. And there's been so much buildup about what we're going to see, especially after the the Dirt Late models and Modifieds ran two weeks ago. And everybody has expectations. Everybody has questions waiting for the answers. Oh, yeah. What were your thoughts just seeing uh, Dirt? on that place you've seen <laughs> have uh, be black for so long and just concrete for so long. And now you got this uh, bright brown dirt on there. <laughs> it was almost surreal in a way because you're walking through uh, the tunnel and you come out of the tunnel um, and, you know, you'll see a little bit of, of the clay. But when I went in the first time, I went the way I always do. And cause I get there early enough mm-hmm. and I went over the crossover And when you go through there, and you're so used to, when you go through the gate, you're walking down the concrete banking, and you just see uh, the ribbon of clay that is all over the racetrack. And it was a cool image. I took a picture. And uh, when you see the transformation, it's still Bristol, and you just have to look at it because it's definitely got a different color. So uh, like something changed, look a little different yep. this time. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. So uh, you know, we were joking. It's now the Clay Coliseum. Yeah, there we go. It's <laughs> a good one. So, what stories are you uh, most looking forward to covering coming up for the World of Outlaw events? Well, I sprint think car, uh, yeah, sprint car and super dirt car series. We've got a, a really cool weekend planned. And it starts out with Thursday mm-hmm. uh, with a free preview show, and then it moves on to, to Friday and Saturday. There's so many neat storylines in this series because of the people involved. Um, you know, Sammy's going to be there as the Grand Marshal. Yep. And it's going to be neat to see the guy that pretty much waxed him uh, both years, uh, you know, on the points races. And uh, so it's going to be neat to see him back there. The guy never ages. But then you look at the current stories and you you go through the the pits and you know and you can sit there and stop at each car and go wow that that kid's a total gasser at port royal can't wait to see him here can't wait to see if anybody is going to start reeling in sweet you know or if he's just going to walk away uh with another championship um you know rico so many different people that uh make this series 
um, you know, so entertaining and fun to watch because they're just real people. I always steal, you know, Ken Squire's line. And he always called a race car driver, very simply, a common man who does uncommon things. (laughs) And to me, I don't think any driver sums that up more than a a World of Outlaws driver. I mean, you think about it, you know, four 10-wing sprint car on so many different length racetracks, you know, sideways, slinging clay, the speed that they not only enter the corner, but they carry through the corner. And uh, you look at the history of the series, and so many cool people have come in and out. And you look at guys that have come in and gone on to other things, or you've got guys that they are the fabric of the series, and and they help carry it from one generation to another. Right. Well, I definitely can't wait to uh, see you part of the Dirt Vision broadcast again and helping uh, telling those stories again. really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, and can't wait to Bristol. Such a great team, and uh, just honored to be a a small part of uh, an exciting uh, event we've got coming up. Definitely. Thank you again. So that was awesome. Thank you so much to Matt Yoakum for taking the time out of his uh, busy week of preparing for the Bristol Throwdown to catch up with us for a little bit. Uh, I'm really excited to to hear him again on on Dirt Vision. It's really awesome to someone to have someone of Matt's stature. Uh, Working with us uh, on on Dirt Vision. Yeah, you could just when he speaks, you can tell he's 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 like made for that. Like just mm-hmm. he just has the right voice, the right persona, just kind of everything about him was made for broadcasting, and he just does so well at it. Obviously, he's been doing it forever, but he just like uh, he he knows these guys well. Like um, he got a hold of us like months ahead of time before we knew just to get their phone numbers just to try and learn more about them talk to them and things like that so he he came prepared and yeah i think it's gonna be a lot of fun seeing him there doing the sprint cars and big blocks yes he definitely comes prepared definitely does his homework and you'll be able to tell that uh thursday friday and saturday night as the world of outlaws nos energy drink sprint cars make their 20 year in the making return to the high banks of the last great coliseum bristol murder speedway live on dirt vision and something else as i mentioned earlier in the show that is live on dirt vision and has been now for two full years uh entering its third year with us is weekly racing from knoxville raceway uh if you're a sprint car fan you obviously just idolize well not idolize but just love um some idolize is idolize the right word place on a place on a pedestal you really really like knoxville raceway uh, yeah that's <laughs> all of those work all of those work we'll <laughs> some that. idolize some yeah. worship some just put it up yeah, there we some can say worship yeah, we I mean, worship at the at it is the mecca of sprint car racing and see, it's that's a sprint a car capital that to worship that's a place people go to worship is mecca in uh, in the middle east and that is the, the it's the mecca of sprint car racing is as you said it's the sprint car capital of the world knoxville raceway and like i said every week just got cultured up in here right every week that's what i try to do man i just try to bring in some stuff i'm, I'm gonna quit while i'm in it. <laughs> it's just getting stupid but uh yeah you can watch weekly racing uh from knoxville raceway every friday night or saturday night rather on, on dirt vision and and this past week they opened their season in spectacular fashion and due to the fact that we got both of our events this weekend rained out. We had some of our full-time guys uh, shoot on up to Knoxville and take part in the fun racing festivities up there, and one of them even went home with a win. Big win. Pretty uh, exciting win, too. Uh, Sheldon Hodenshield making that uh, late 
race past. I believe it was on Geo Celsius to take home the win. That was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think Geo got held up a little bit, probably, uh, probably in the wake of some of the lap cars that were running the bottom right in front of him. But because Sheldon entered turn one on the white flag lap like 10 car lanes back. And I think he was 10 car lanes clear entering turn three. Uh, it that, was ridiculous the run he got off of turn two. That's what makes Knoxville so cool and fun to watch. Like, even if you go back to um, uh, when we re- returned to racing last year, the battle between uh, David and I believe it was Ian Madsen. Yep. Like, there are times they were so far apart, but then all of a sudden they just close on each other just so quickly that you could just get that run in there and just throw the car in and makes make up so much time it's it's a really cool place to watch obviously you saw that with sheldon doing that um just kind of doing his thing up against the wall and uh cruising to another win yeah it, it was phenomenal uh super fun race to watch and and that wasn't the only part of the night that was good either i mean there, there was heat racing action i think there was a, a heat race that we had that was a photo finish at the line i want to say in the 360 division uh, it was just a spectacular night of racing to to open up their season for really sure. really fun uh i think a of, nice little uh preview for other knoxville races and knoxville nationals to come later this 100%, 100%. year i mean you know sheldon uh they've done he's done he's had some good races at knoxville but i don't think we ever really saw him in like a true winning contention like that so to see them run so well um like that there i think you could see them be a contender this year the thing that i've learned watching Knox for the last couple of years because again it's live on Dirt Vision every Saturday so I've even though I've never been there I've now seen a lot of racing from Knoxville Raceway and the thing that I've learned as someone that's never sat in the car before is it seems like you have to be to 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 win to run well and win at Knoxville you have to not only be able to run the top well but you have to be able to run that inside berm well too and Sheldon did that on Saturday. He was mostly up top uh, for most of his charge from 14th to 1st, which, by the way, that's only a 20-lap feature. So 14th to 1st and 20 laps. Granted, he had a caution to aid him, but that's ridiculous. Um, But he was mostly up top. Human horsepower. (laughs) (laughs) Had a NOS before the race. He sure seemed to. Um, Because, yeah, he was moving. And like I said, mostly up top. But then he, he got close to geo with i, I want to say like three or four to go it was three laps to go and got a little crossed up i think it was coming out of turn four and then he went to the bottom and he only did it for a lap i think it was the two to go lap and he went from being what looked like 25 car lanes back to the now 10 car lanes back that he needed to be entering turn one to go back to the high side and make that move and he ran the bottom well, and and, and I, I I don't know if he makes up that ground if he stays up top of the way he had been. I think that's why, obviously why he did that, and it worked out. Um, it was impressive to, to see him, even just for a lap, be able to work both lanes like that. All the racing all night long from even the 360s and other, the other uh, features that were there, everything was really just spectacular that night mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of expect that from them that's why we put them up there on that high pedestal worship them or uh idolize them just because the track crew <laughs> does such a good job there and the track is always just uh, uh great and creates great racing yeah it was fantastic and that's not the only weekly racing action that you can see on dirt vision by the way uh they were off this pet well they weren't off this past weekend but they were on a different streaming network due to a different series uh going in there but williams grove we have live just about every friday night attica raceway park live every friday night 
Um, and starting this upcoming weekend, if for whatever reason tuning into to Bristol is not your thing, I'm not going to judge you, like publicly, but I will judge you. We will. You, you can go back and forth. Um, you can get some split screens, multiple views. I mean, yes, we, exactly. There's no excuse. No excuse. Sorry. Starting this Saturday for the the first time. Weekly racing action from the the little bullring that is Jacksonville Speedway in Jacksonville, Illinois, is going to be live on Dirt Vision. Uh, and then soon to follow will be uh, on Sundays, weekly racing from Houston Speedway, uh, that beautiful facility way out there in South Dakota? Yes, Brandon, South Dakota. Thank you. Thank you for, for double-checking me and confirming me. I appreciate that. Um I hope I'm right. <laughs> Our Brian Dunlap and Hank Silver were actually out uh, helping set up for this weekend at, at Jacksonville uh, yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, so Monday they were out there. Uh, and they both said setup went really well, and they are pumped up to see the, the first night of weekly racing from That is always one of my favorite tracks to go to on the schedule. It's just so much fun. Just a, another little fun, unique track to go to, just in general. Just, uh, just the way just the way it, like the front stretch is open there and where you can watch and just the kind of racing it creates qualifying so yes. much fun oh yeah it's about a turn four best place to watch qualifying yeah it's awesome and the cool part is we're we're gonna have a, a different uh different camera angle this year uh for the weekly racing and i believe uh, as i would assume as well for when the, the world of outlaws returns and, and what's that a couple weeks from now right uh yeah so obviously this weekend they'll be at bristol then during the week next week they'll be at Jacksonville, actually, and then they'll be going to I seventy Motorsports Park for the first time. Brand new track. No, a lot of people are excited for that. Yeah, well, we've got a great schedule coming up. It is Jacksonville right after this weekend. That is uh, Thursday, April 29th. That will be at Jacksonville Speedway, and then it's a doubleheader at I seventy Motorsports Park in Odessa, Missouri, for the FVP Platinum Battery Showdown. Friday, April thirtieth, and Saturday, May first. Can you believe that we're almost in May already? Yeah, it's crazy. Although it messes with my brain that the first night is on April and the second night is on May. It's like I know. I want them all to be in one month together, not two separate months. It doesn't. I know. Poof, no, for, it for the little it's bit awesome. of OCD that I have, yeah. it drives me absolutely <laughs> insane. But yeah, I and then hey, right after that, as we continue to look ahead on the schedule, a another fun doubleheader. Uh, the World of Outlaws returns for what a, a full year plus off now, thanks to COVID, uh, to the house that Earl built, Eldora Speedway, for hashtag Let's Race Two on Friday, May seventh, Saturday, May eighth. That'll be fun. Eldora is always another really fun place to go to. Another. Of course, another great place to go racing, too. Yeah, it really is. Uh, continuing to look on down the schedule here, and, and because May gets busy, man. Uh, Wednesday, May 12th, you're only looking at just, what, four days, I think that is, after the Saturday portion of Let's Race 2 at Eldora. The series returns to Lincoln Speedway for the Gettysburg Clash, presented by Dryden. It's Wednesday, May 12th. Friday, May 14th. Saturday, May 15th. The Morgan Cup at Williams Grove Speedway. Tuesday, May 18th. Outlaws versus Posse. Yes, sir. Destroyed them last year. Yes. Destroyed. Sorry, posse people who may <laughs> listen to the show, but y'all got owned last year. Uh, and I know the guys on this series are planning on trying to do that again. I think they got a pretty good chance. You know, what's really interesting is I think it was mid-July last year, Lance DeWeese scored his 99th victory at Williams Grove. And he has not 
scored that 100th since. I can't believe that he's on this long of a, a losing streak at, at Williams Grove. It's like Donnie going for 300. I know. It's just Those milestones just don't want to come easily. I will say that, you know, even though I work for the World of Outlaws, it would be kind of cool if Lance DeWeese pulls off his 100th career victory at Williams Grove against the World of Outlaws. It would be kind of cool. You take that back. You take that, that back said, right now. Let's go, Outlaws! No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tuesday, May 18th. I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, the series returns to Bridgeport Speedway. Bridgeport Motorsports Park is actually the new name uh, of the facility in Swedesboro, New Jersey, just across the river from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They took that place from a really large, flat, 5-8-mile oval and have shrunk it down to what I think is now a three-eighths oval with high banks. I think it was it was smaller than that because there was a smaller track even they had inside like of it. I think it was like a third, maybe a third mile or so that we raced at last night. But yeah, yep. now- Inside they of have, the big track. Yeah, now they have this beautiful, I think it's a three-eighths mile track. Like If you haven't seen this track, I think you can look up our, the Super Dirt Car Series yes. have at least gone there. Look up Super last Dirt year. Car Series 2019. Was it 19? Yeah, 2019. Now? I don't think they got to go last year. Maybe okay. if they did last year, check out that one too. But um, like back in probably in the Dirt Vision vault. Or, You're right. They did uh, not or, run um, at all last year until Oktoberfest. Or at least the highlights go back. You can just see just how cool that track is. I, I can't wait to see sprint cars run on the, the new version of Bridgeport Speedway because the big blocks put on a heck of a show. Uh, sprint cars are going to be absolutely fantastic there as we round out the month of may uh a return well not a return this season but uh a first time visit this season of multiple trips there to attica raceway park on friday may 21st saturday may 22nd they go to a different part of ohio to sharon speedway uh that's a cool place uh really looking forward to seeing them run there friday may 28th now we're looking at memorial day weekend the Terre Haute action track uh hey it's got action in its name. It's a fun place. Action-packed. <laughs> it's just some awesome analysis. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's why we host this show today, because they clearly couldn't find anyone better <laughs> to provide stuff than that. Um, rounding out the month of May on the last day of May, Monday, May 31st, Memorial Day Spectacular at the Berg, Lawrenceburg Speedway, another Always fun racetrack. May is an action-packed month. Of course, it has to be. The action track is within that month, so of course it's action-packed. Action-packed. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's just about time to end, I think. So action-packed, I bet you Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be there. No? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to end, Nick. I feel like this is going off the rails. Get to the chopper! <laughs> Please don't ask me for my clothes, and my boots, and my motorcycle. <laughs> Where's John Connor? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Um, Those are terrible. I'm not dude, never doing that again. <laughs> All right, so to, to recap everything and kind of go back to the top, three nights of action from Bristol Motor Speedway is coming up this weekend. Uh, actually, by the time that we're releasing this, it would be tomorrow, Thursday, uh, will be practice night, as we said. Uh, you can catch that free on Dirt Vision. Uh, you can catch that free on the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series Facebook page. You can catch that for free, I believe, on the World of Outlaws YouTube page as well. Correct. So there's a multiple multiple areas in which you can watch 
Uh, and all of them will be for free on Thursday night. Friday and Saturday, you can catch it, of course, on DirtVision.com exclusively. Get your Fast Pass. The monthly one, of course, can be had for $39 for the month. Or you can get your Platinum Pass, uh, the annual subscription, which also includes the granddaddy of them all, the Knoxville Nationals, uh, later this year in the middle of August. So you definitely want to go do that. And if you can get to the racetrack and hit any of those races that we mentioned that are coming up, uh, make sure you go to worldofoutlaws.com and go and get your tickets. I'll do that right now. I don't know if you need to. Mm, that's right. Maybe I don't. Hmm. Yeah, I, I probably can't just put my name on the list, huh? Yeah, I mm. feel like they'd still be happy to like accept your money, but they'd probably be confused in the process. No, nah, they take it. They take it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it, Nick. You got anything else? I was going to do an Arnold thing, but I told myself no. So, yeah, we're done. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, uh, we hope you all enjoyed the interview with Matt Yoakum as much as we did. Uh, we hope you all will enjoy all of the racing this weekend coming up from Bristol, uh, Jacksonville, Knoxville, uh, and anywhere that that you may go and watch racing this weekend but if you're not going anywhere to watch this weekend we hope you'll be tuned in on dirt vision for all the action that we've got coming up uh we're still throw down until next name next next name next time my name is rob blount with me as always i believe it's nick raziano hasta la vista baby bye-bye hashtag open red